0: Testimony. Praise report. Yes, Sister Um, Just when we were praying, beginning stress, just the feeling that, like, I'm not going to let the devil take what God has given to me.
1: Yes. That's crazy. Anybody like that? Yes. Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. Praise, Praise God. God.
2: I think we might need a uh, a new song list I think I've memorized all the songs in our, our you know like uh, pre-service prayer but there's one song that comes up every once in a while and uh, the, the chorus is just simply hallelujah you know mm-hmm. when uh, what, the, when the storm is relentless something like when the storm is relentless hallelujah you know when, when the attack just keeps coming yeah. when the battle just doesn't end right? hallelujah Amen. Praise God. Well, <laughs> we know who wins. Everybody. Amen. Praise God. And everybody will end. Amen. When you're in the storm, when you're in the battle, sometimes yes. it just feels like it doesn't stop. Right. Yes. You know, so yes, thank you, Sister Esther. You she's not here. Uh, thank you, Sister Esther. Praise God. Anyone else? Praise God. Testimony, praise report. Message from the Lord to the church. Hallelujah. I don't think God can't give you a word. Come on now. Sometimes we just expect the pastor always to have it, so we don't think about getting anything. God. We've been pushing our Thursday night prayer group. Be seeking the Lord on Thursdays. Amen. Be seeking the Lord on Thursdays for, for what he wants us to do. Yeah, the, the Lord talks to the pastor all the time. Sure, that's great. That's wonderful. But we're all his people. Amen. Not just the pastor. Amen. Amen. We're all his people. We all have equal opportunity to hear from God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> <clears throat> Thank you, praise Sister Amber. She's a good amen corner. <laughs> praise God. Does anybody believe that? Amen. Yes. I, I know some of you are sitting there thinking if I say amen too loud, he might ask me to give away. Well, <laughs> oh, this is an opportunity to be blessed. Amen. Let the word of God come through you. Oh, Jesus. You know, when the Lord has you lay your hands on someone uh-huh. to see them healed. Do mm-hmm. you understand the healing virtue is passing through your body? Uh-huh. Yes. And you can't help but pick up something from that, right? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The Lord instructs you to give a word for someone. Yes. He gives you supernatural knowledge yes. into a situation. And the Lord's not... He's not arbitrary. He's not He's not up there just... Let's see, okay, let's throw a bunch of dust on the ground see where it lands. Right? No, no, no. He'll give this person the word to give to this person because he knows exactly how it's going to be affected on this person. Now, we're always thinking in-game, right? We're always thinking the God that gets the word, that's the only thing. No, no, it's, it's also affecting the person giving the word. Right? That's why it's so awesome to be a preacher. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I get to hear the word all the time and I get to be a
2: channel all the time. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Some of you may know this. Some of you don't. There's often times, I've come to church. And so when I t- tell people of God, hey, don't stay home when you're sick. Come to church when you're sick. Let us pray for you. Why, why am I saying that? Just to get more people in the church? No, because I understand countless times I've stood right here sick in my body. And yet when I'm preaching, I don't feel a thing. Amen. Yeah. Come on. I might step out of the pulpit and go back upstairs and feel it again, but while I'm preaching,
1: yeah,
2: A lot of a lot of you know some of my some of my struggles in the past. How I struggled with anxiety, and mm. I'd get into church, my feet were cold, my hands were cold, my heart was racing, and I, Lord, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? Oh, Lord God, how how are we how are we going to even get through a service? Mm. And then the worship would start, start feeling a little better, about time, ready to get to the Word. We'd kind of break through that barrier, you preachers, know what I'm talking about. You kind of have to slog through a, maybe a, for some of you it's a minute, for some of you it's two seconds. But, you know, you got to kind of have to break through that barrier. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But once, once you move past it, all of a sudden, the anxiety would be gone you know the the cold hands would be gone everything starts warming up and start feeling good feeling the anointing and afterwards I'd be like Lord why can't I just always be preaching and it it makes you want to just come down and just preach and so what I would do is I'd come down in this room and I'd walk around I'd pace around like a tiger in his cage you know and I'd just pace around and preach (laughs) I could do that a whole lot more when there was no one else in the building I'd come around and I'd just walk around this circle you know, these, these lanes are worn for my footsteps. Okay. Just walk around and preach. Why? Because the anointing starts coming. You don't have to have a message to preach to have the anointing begin to flow through you, but don't you understand what kind of blessing it is even just to speak a testimony? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To let something come through you that's going to bless the people of God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. If you're hurting in your body, virtue comes through your body. Praise God. That's got to be worth something. Yeah. Hallelujah When you're depressed or troubled or anxious or, or worried about your bills Come on The power of God begins to work through you To give somebody else an encouragement Come on you've got to have Some encouragement yep. Yep. along the way Amen, exactly. Amen. Praise God Amen. Hallelujah Is this enough of a pepper? Yep. Thank you Jesus Hallelujah. Hallelujah Anybody like to give a testimony Praise God Sister Alice um, God has been dealing
0: with What you sow is what you reap. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So he's been showing me that I've done not good in that area, in, in a lot of respects, because you just want to do it your own way. But God says, so do do what I, was I, I said. You know, you don't you don't throw the word of God out. Without first plowing the ground up, you make sure you know that where it lands, it's not. If it lands on s- rocks, you know, you know, you, it's a waste. Yeah, the people had to hear it, but it, it's a waste. That the the birds are gonna take it and it's gone. So God's been showing me that I've done things not right, but I'm determined to turn that around. Yes. And so, good seed Yes into ground that's already broken oh, up, yeah. and to see the harvest. He's told us as a harvest. Yes. He I mean not not once, like thousands of times he said to us as a harvest, just go out, just go out, just go out. And instead instead you, you don't do what he's told you to do. But I'm here to say that I have to change that in my life and I am gonna and I'm gonna see a harvest because I've determined that, that
2: I'm going to cast the seeds out where God tells me. Yes, 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 Amen. yes, Amen. yes. Come on, let's let's uh, agree with that. Amen. 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 Cast Amen. Those Amen. seeds out where God Amen. is giving us Amen. the ground to cast the Jesus Jesus ground.
1: Hallelujah. Thank
2: you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord God, let me sow. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank, Thank you, Jesus. 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 God so Hallelujah, Hallelujah. God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Praise Lord. Jesus. The word, a testimony, exhortation, brother Harry. Well, after Thursday's drive-by at my house, we had greater rest the last few days. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. you, Jesus. Thank Come, on, Jesus. Come on, that's worth worth praising God. Amen. God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Hallelujah. I like the way you put that drive-by. Okay. <laughs> we got out uh, our uh, little uh, machine guns. And <laughs> we just uh, punched some holes in a few spirits out there. Uh, and uh, North Smithfield, amen. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. Amen. Anybody else like to testify?
0: God is so good. Brother Chris. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. honor to be here. The presence of
3: God. Amen honor to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ On honor unto our pastor the saints here um, the Lord put this scripture on my heart last week we were talking about sheaves it just kind of popped in my head Psalm 126 verse 5 they that sow in tears shall reap in joy he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves yes. with him um, and then yes. Sister Alice testifying about Sowing the seed really just kind of confirms and then Jesus gave the parable about the sower of the seed. He just he cast it, and some fell on good ground, some fell on the wayside, some fell on the stony ground, some fell among the thorns. But he was still casting the seed. And I like when this psalm says, They that sow it in tears shall yes. reap in joy. Yes. Amen. Now, I'll bless. Pastor Marcus give the history lesson on what the psalmist was talking about, about the captivity and, and them leaving in tears but coming back again. I'll, I'll leave that part to you. Sure. But I think it's important for us to sow seed. Yes. I think it's important for us to let our lives be the epistle to those around us. That, that we, we hear it so many times it's almost cliche, but we may be the only Bible that someone else ever reads. Yes, And our, our words and our deeds and our actions speak volumes to those around us that are watching us. Once you say that you're a Christian, people are just looking to watch you stumble and mess up. And, yeah. and, and that's fine because mm-hmm. the proof that we're human is the fact that we mess up. The proof that we're not God mm-hmm. is the fact that we mess up and we need God. And people may be watching you to to watch you fail, but the seed that you're planting, the seed that you're sowing is how you handle those failures. is how you get up and keep moving. We were talking about this last week, Pastor, when uh, sometimes we'll fall and sometimes that fall might hurt. Sure. But sometimes it's just a scrape. You can get yourself up and dust yourself off. And just mm-hmm. because you stumbled and fell doesn't mean that you're, 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 you're not on the same path. And you can get up and keep going. Yeah. Sometimes we do fall and it, and it, it does hurt. It, there's a time of recovery that's needed. And you're not as far down the path as you could have been. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that God threw you off the path. Right. So though that sow in tears mm-hmm. shall reap in joy. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Right.
3: He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoice, bringing his sheaves with him, bringing his harvest with him. If we sow in tears, if we take the time to go into our prayer closets and seek God on our face and shed tears for those that are lost right now, we'll definitely head towards that that day of reckoning with sheaves of those souls that we planted those seeds. One man planteth, one man watereth, but God
2: giveth the increase. In Jesus', In Jesus name. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Yes, Amen. Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Doubtless. 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 Thank you, brother. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. let's praise the Lord. Thank, Jesus. Praise Thank you, Jesus.
4: Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. You. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Good. God. Oh,
2: yeah, Jesus. So good.
4: Amen. Amen. Praise God.
0: Amen. Anybody else? Jesus.
2: Anybody else? Yes, Sister Roland.
0: I want to thank the Lord for touching me. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to play, but praise God. Thank you, Jesus. A blessing to play. Come thank you, you Jesus. Amen. I felt like I was really touching God as I was playing because I said, "I don't care how it feels," mm-hmm. and it's much, much better. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
2: And I was just standing here, praising God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, Thank, you, God. God. Thank, Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where are you gonna stand? Oh yeah. that's okay. <laughs> um. <laughs>
4: do we have to no. stand? Uh,
2: uh. Technically, no. They don't have to stand.
4: <laughs> no worries. No worries. Either way. Um. But no, that was um. That was precious. What you were um. Talking about Chris, major um, confirmation. Uh, sometimes when I'm at work, you know, the Lord will be working on me. A lot of times, I'm crying out about my own stuff. You know, stuff that, you know, just to be on the right path with God. And and but but as but then as we we go deeper in our our relationship daily, you know, with the Lord, you know, it's like we go from just crying out about our own stuff to interceding for others, you know, as, as he begins to minister to us. And um, then it goes from just um, so, but anyhow, what I'm trying to say is that um, there's times when I, you can just, the Lord gives you eyes. There's a song like, give me your eyes for just one second. And when he gives you that glimpse, you know, um, of the, the state of, you know, of people, you know, um, you know, it's, Jesus talked about how you will, you will mourn, mm. others will rejoice, yes. you know, and, um, uh, blessed are those who mourn, you know, what are we mourning over, you know, uh, well, uh, you know, it's coming from a desire because we don't want to fail God on a personal level. You know, and we, we see this law in our members striving to take us captive. Okay, that's one. That's one thing. It's on a personal level, but then it's like um, there's mourning over the state of of of, of, of this world. You know, mm-hmm. of how how people are just captive to the enemy. You know, and, um, and anyhow, um, but praise God. You know, that, that's actually uh like Brother Jefferson said, you know, tears are a language only God can understand, you know. And um if he's breaking your heart and your tears are coming from from the Lord, you know, um then that's so you know, that's uh watering, you know. But um anyhow, uh on what you're talking about, Alice. What we what the Lord has had us doing has had you and 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 us doing as far as the prayer drives in on an individual level but also as a corporate um, especially um, it's it's like plowing there's been plowing on an individual and a corporate level you know um, a lot of plowing going on you know and I mean you can see the state of things you know it's not like some just easy plowing, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, something that God is having us do over and over again. But, um, uh, remember, you know, he, he didn't describe those levels of soil for no reason that some of them were in bad shape. And when you described it to me, I mean, I'm like, wow, it's in worse shape than I thought, you know, it's like, there's all kinds of rocks. You could describe it better than I can as far as the agricultural aspect. But, um, yeah, you know, and I look at my own life and how much plowing there's had to be, even just to bring me to this place. Mm-hmm. And, um, doubtless more, you know, uh, going forward, but, um, you know, God is long suffering, you know, and, um, you know, sometimes, especially when we're, you know, young, you know, we want things. And maybe it's from the influence of the world, but we want things to be done instantly, you know. Uh, but God's in it for the long haul, you know. Look, look at, look at what He did with His with His children in the wilderness. You know, uh, put them through a whole process to get Egypt out of them. You know, mm. and um, if I, if I'll be straight honest with you guys, I still have stuff that. Thank God it gets on my nerves. Like, thank God there's something in me that doesn't want it there, you know? And there was a lot more before. So thank God there's there's not a lot of that stuff before. But there's still some stuff, you know what I mean? And But, but I believe, I wouldn't be here, I swear. I wouldn't be here. I'm tired of religion. I'm not here for religion, but thank God I got a pastor who's in the same boat, you know? It's like, it can't do nothing for me. I need relationship. Yes. And, you know, I'll point to myself before I point at anybody else. I don't even want to point at anybody else. But just, um, it's like God, you know, and I, I know God wants it more than I do. It's, he, you know, when he talked about the children of God, part of us is like, I don't want to. I wish I wasn't in that group, you know, when he says, this is a stiff neck. Mm. You know, but I've had to say, you know. That, you know, there's been that with me too, you know? And I don't want to be like that. I'm just saying, you know, like, God, get that. Destroy it. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do, you know? Um, so that I can go forward with you in relationship. I don't want to ever, Lord, Lord, I did not know you. I mean, so, you know, anyhow, um but yeah, no, that was very edifying. Everything that's been said, you know, I'm just thankful. You know, um, Jesus. God is good. God, God is good. All the
2: time. God is good. You know, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, Thank you Brother God. God. Isn't God so
4: good? Amen. Yes, yes. yes. he
2: Hallelujah. Last time. Praise you, God. Last time. Anybody else? I want to ask you again. All right. Hallelujah. God is good. Stand with me. I know we, uh, we don't do things conventionally around here. Not, that's all right, I guess. A bit, but uh, today we are gonna we're gonna stand and we're gonna we're gonna pray over the word. Okay, Remember, that's traditional. I usually don't do that, but uh, we're gonna do that right now. Just prepare your hearts to receive the word. All right. Lord God, in the name of
4: Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Lord God, we
2: honor your word today. We honor your word with our life we honor your word with our standing Lord God as we're about to receive Lord God we ask that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive in the heaven
1: Lord
2: God that this would go down into good ground that it would come forth a hundredfold we thank you for you, God. Let's praise the Lord one more time. Allelu,
1: thank, you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,
2: Jesus. Hallelujah, thank 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 you. Marin, anyway. Blessed Hallelujah. be your name, O God. Blessed be your
3: name, O God. Blessed be your name, O God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We need you, God. Thank
2: you, Jesus. We're going to look at it. Genesis 37 for a little bit here this afternoon. I'm not sure where the Lord will take this, but I believe He's got a word for us. I'm going to look at. Um, I'm not going to read the whole story. It take a little longer than I want. You, you guys can be seen. Praise God. Um, we don't have like a scripture text, so that's, you know, I often don't. I often just kind of go right in from one scripture to the next. you know what I mean? But we're talking about the story of Joseph. I think probably most of us know this story. If you don't, here's the bare bones. Uh, In your own time, read Genesis 37. Uh, Jacob had a son, maybe his favorite son. Um, We don't have a record of any of the other sons getting a special coat. Uh, There's a lot of argument about what that coat of many colors actually means. Does it actually mean a coat with lots of color in it? Does it mean a coat with you know, certain kinds of stitching or, or no stitching? Or, yeah, There's all kinds of arguments of what it actually means. But what we know and what we can agree on is it was a special coat. And we don't have any other of the sons of Jacob getting a special coat. And we know that Rachel was Jacob's favorite wife. Now that goes all the way back to the Abraham days. Abraham was called out of Babylon into the promised land. He had a son when he finally made it to Canaan land 25 years later, Isaac. Uh, Before that, though, uh, according to just the natural function of life with a slave girl named Hagar, he had a, a son named Ishmael. Sometime later, he had the son of promise, Isaac. And moving forward in time, that son, Isaac, uh, had two sons, Jacob and Esau. Esau was actually the oldest, but he he really rejected God. And uh, it gets so bad that even in the book of Malachi, it says, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. They say, well, that sounds mean of God to do something like that. But you've got to understand, God will not hate anybody that doesn't hate him first. Mm-hmm. See, we love God because he loved us first.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? Yes. Yes. But when we throw hate back at him, is the only time hate will come back to us. Mm-hmm. He always is going to love us first. But we have to do the hating first.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And in the name of Jesus, I'm determined I'm not going to hate God. Amen. 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 We declare that thousand generation of blessing. Amen. Jesus. Praise Jesus. God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you
2: God. So we've got Jacob that... He, he had a lot of trouble. He had a lot of mistakes. He had a lot of stuff, but <laughs> over the course of his life, I think he got rid of it all. And this man uh, had a lot of kids. His favorite wife was the younger of two sisters. He uh, ended up having uh, children by four for different women. But Joseph was the firstborn of his favorite wife. And does that make a difference? I don't know. But you know, I, I know we shouldn't be playing favorites with our kids. We we shouldn't be lifting one child up above. I, I get that. I get that. But apparently he made a mistake there. And One thing about Joseph, though, he had a particular kind of a calling. We think he had the, the calling of a visionary. He was a particular kind of prophet. This young boy, Joseph, I'm trying to say. Uh, Jacob's son, Joseph. If I mix those up, uh, please forgive me, but you'll have to just understand. There's a lot of J sounds and yes sounds and all that in Hebrew, but uh, not in actually Hebrew, it's how we translate it into English, but that's another story altogether. So, anyway, you got Jacob, his son Joseph. Joseph is a prophet. Joseph has dreams and the interpretation of dreams, much like Daniel and, and other, other men in the Bible that we can see, we can point to. We can look at First 2 uh, Corinthians, rather. No, maybe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 29, verse 29. Three levels of prophets are mentioned there. The third level of prophet, is uh, what uh, Joseph was. He was a visionary. Okay, The Bible just calls him a seer, but the word in Hebrew means visionary. It's the kind of person that can go to sleep and get this dream that when you wake up the next day, it's not only remembered, it's remembered in very distinct detail. Anybody Mm -hmm. know of dreams that you can still remember you had many, many years ago that were in just crystal clear detail this was one of those guys that when the Lord spoke to him he gave the word of God in a drink and he could understand the imagery now why does God do that why does God give imagery why can't God just say it straight out I don't know all of those answers I know some of them but not all of them it it has to do with the fact that God knows that sometimes he can't just get right in our face and give us the unadulterated pure vein of of his force because it would just like flash fry us, right? And so he, he, he'll do things like put his hand over us and let us see just a little bit of his glory, or, or he'll speak to us in dark sayings, or, or he'll give us parables, or he'll he'll give us analogies, similitudes, metaphors. He'll do all these different things. He'll cause our language to be full of imagery and metaphors because that's how he is. He's, is he just a flowery God? Is he just a God that likes a lot of decoration? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, don't, I think he likes beauty, and I think he likes variety, but I don't think that's all it is, right? It's because he knows we can't always handle a direct line word. Come on, if I were to poll the audience here today the congregation, and, and, and you were being honest, and I assume you would be, uh, that if I said, do you really like it? When the pastor starts preaching hard, most of us would be like, "Not really." Some of you gluttons for punishment actually would say, "Yes, oh, I love it. I love a straightforward word." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One time, I was standing, I was standing right here, right in this spot. A lot of stuff has happened right along this this this, uh, this this place here in my life. I've lived in this building, this very building, most of my life. It's weird to think of that, you know. But I have. I've lived, dwelt in this building most of my. I was standing right here one day. A man of God laid his hand upon my head. In fact, he ended up dumping a whole bottle of oil on my head while I was wearing my Sunday suit, running all down, you know, like Aaron down to the hem of the garden. All that. But uh, he told me something I'll never forget. It was, it was Brother Jeffers that happened to be here at the time. He said, "You actually take the word of the Lord's rebuke better than you take His compliments." So I'm one of those guys that actually hears the rebuke more than I can hear the compliment. It's harder for me to believe the compliment than I do the rebuke. Because mm-hmm. I know I'm, I'm messed up. <laughs> but you know what? I'm also the child of God. Amen. I'm also a holy child of God. Not because of my own intrinsic value. Right. Anybody know what I'm saying? Yes. Yep. It's not because of anything I've done or any work of righteousness. Right. It's because God has simply said... You're my kid, Amen. and any child of God is a holy child of God. Right. Praise God, Praise God. And, and you know what I do for God is good, mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. What I don't do for God is bad, but what I do for God is good, Amen. and so this is these are things the Lord's had to work on me many, many, many times about. And God can't always give us just a direct line word, especially to a pagan king who his ancestry by default. Goes back to Noah. Not just a few hundred years before really, right? I mean, you think about it. In the days of Joseph, how many hundreds of years has it been since the flood? It hasn't been all that many. Three? Four hundred years? Since the flood? Maybe if we stretch it, five hundred years since the flood? In other words, this guy, back in his past, not a great amount of time. He had ancestry that went all the way back to the flood. Who absolutely knew the living God, and yet here he is, a pagan king on a pagan throne, serving pagan gods who are nothing more than devils. Yeah. If God were to show up in his life and, and, and give the, the straight line word to him, he would have just fallen to pieces. I think, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, in every regard. You know, one time I was frustrated. This is when I was just a brand new pastor. I was frustrated because I would get in here and I'd hear the word of God and I'd hear the encouragement of the Lord. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to give this word to the people and everybody's going to shout and dance. And everybody's going to lift me up on their shoulders and, 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 and uh, carry me around the church. Yeah, da, 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 da. yeah, You know, everybody's going to just celebrate how, how, how encouraging that message was. Of course, I was always the central figure there, not God. But uh, you know, I got in there, and I'd be hearing the Word of God like, "Oh, this is good! Oh, wait till I give him this!" I'd get in here, and it was uh, like often that happens. Uh, we make a point, yeah, just like that, and just dead silence, uh-huh.
1: and
2: everybody just like staring at the head, like, uh-huh. Or you know, you know, you know, when you talk to your dog, and your dog goes like this. <laughs> That's what, that's what it looks like when I'm looking at some of you people. Yeah, huh? yeah I'm like, what you, Where is he going with this? Yeah, well, it's not about where I'm going with this. Where Where's God going with this? Yeah, right. See, he's, he's taking us around a few corners here because sometimes we can't just get the huh <clears throat> sure. right. well, We've had a lot of hard work lately. Mm-hmm. I don't apologize. God doesn't apologize. Right. That's right. There's a reason for it, though. And if and, and the Lord is good to us, maybe I'll get to that reason during this message. There's a reason for the hardness of the Lord. Not not because God hates us. There's a good reason for it. But anyway, i get in here and i think, everybody's just going to be so encouraged. And it would just... And after enough times doing that, it's human to think, man, these people just don't want God. Lord, why'd you give me a church full of people that don't even appreciate the word of God? Well, that's not ever situation. There's always been people in the Cumberland Church that are seeking and worshiping the Lord in spirit and truth. Mm -hmm. Praise God for that. We've got a good church. We've always had a good church. We've had our ups and downs and lefts and rights, but we've always had a good church. In the name of Jesus. amen. 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 So it was never a case where we just had a whole room full of people that didn't want the Word of God. I suspect there's always been a few in the crowd that don't want the Word of God, but hey, we can't focus on that. we just got to get ready. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. We can't let people hold us back. No, That's
1: true.
2: But I got so frustrated, I said to the Lord, Lord, can you just let the people in the church feel my burden for one second. And maybe they'd start appreciating their pastor. The Lord said, Oh, I can't do that. It would absolutely crush them. That was an eye-opener. See, it wasn't because I'm so strong. And I'm so mighty. Oh, look at me. I'm a big, bad pastor. I'm not really big bad anything. It was the fact that God called me to that spot. So He put the things on me that He equipped me to handle. And if other people in the church are not equipped to handle it, then it's just going to flatten So so no, I cannot, even for one second, rest the burden that I have on you upon them. Uh So no, they're never going to know. A child is never going to know how it's like to raise a child. Uh They never will. Not until they grow up enough to have their own children. Mm -hmm. Then they'll learn and isn't it amazing how much trust God gives to humans?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He'll give a He'll give a husband a wife who's never been married,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and trust him to be able to be a good husband. Same thing with wives. Mm-hmm. He'll give brand new parents their first child, parents that have no experience parenting, and he'll just give them He'll, he'll give them precious commodity, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and And he's, yeah, just. Go ahead, take care of it. Even when we don't know what, anything about what we're doing. you know, We might have helped take care of our younger brothers and sisters, or our nieces and nephews or whatever, but when it becomes yours, it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you realize how little you know, because before you always had someone to hand it off to. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what's going on with this kid. Here, you take care of it. It's your kid after all. Right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, when it's yours, who do you do that with? Nobody. You know, you... You're the one sitting up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Hallelujah! I'm so wise. I have all of one child.
1: <laughs>
2: anyway, but hey, I, was, I still learned a lot of lessons even with just the one. Praise it takes God. One to make you a huh? It only takes one to make you a parent. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Amen. Thank you, brother. So we're uh, you know in that frustrating, No, we you can't you can't take on things that aren't yours. <clears throat> And you just have to go. You to, God trusts you. And you have to take your, your trust, you know, uh, that trust of the Lord and start working with it. And it's, you know, people want to blame the pastor. The pastor wants to blame the people. The people want to blame each other. They want to play, blame the economy or the, the location. or the oh, or, or. I had one guy tell me so many times, I got t- so tired of hearing it. I told him, please don't tell me that anymore. Uh, Pastor, if we just get some new bushes out front, Uh, you know, if we just get some new bushes out front, we just get some new bushes out front, we just get some new bushes out front, people want to start coming. We'll fill this church right up. I said, after a while, I just felt like saying, Will you please shut up? You think God's going to fill a church up on bushes? I don't even want the people coming in here if they're just coming in because of the landscaping. I want people to come to here because they're looking for the living God. Right, amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, and, and it's like it, this inoff- when I got upset and offended the brother, but you know, we, we've got to get our minds right. straight. And right. so back to this kid Joseph, he he had an awesome gift and calling of God. He could see dreams and he could understand what they meant. Uh-huh. And he had that innate desire to tell people. I, I can attest. When, when, when God gives you revelation, you have a desire to tell people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There's so many times I've made a mistake, right? I'm talking dozens and dozens and dozens of times until I finally learned the pattern. Mm-hmm. I'd get a revelation from God. I'd run to church. The first time I got, and I'd tell everybody my awesome revelation and nobody, uh, nothing, fine. Dead onto the ground. I'm like, Lord, you said your word would never return unto you void. What's going on? And I miss it so bad. And the Lord said, no, you didn't miss it. Finally, I got the understanding it was for you. Okay? It's a revelation for you. Mm -hmm. Let it work on your heart. Everything I show you is not always for the church. Sometimes it's just for the you level. Or maybe it'd be for your family level. Or maybe it's for someone down the street. But I'll tell you who it is. Don't just get excited about everything. So I, I, I do that so many times, get a revelator wrong. Yeah, revelation, you know. Oh, this brand new p- pattern about the Godhead. And everybody would be like, you know. OK, moving on. So when you, when you have that word in you, you, you just want to tell it. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just want to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. I uh, was talking to This is a, a bit of a diversion. But uh, this is going to help some of you. I was talking to a man. And uh, he was going to go out of town on vacation. And uh, th- this is a man who uh, was on disability. Listen, I'm not putting anybody down, all right? Just hear me. OK, everybody's cool. Mm-hmm. A man on disability. He had some problems. He had some medical problems. He's on disability. He wasn't yet of retirement age, but he had some problems, so he's on disability. And he said, Ah. Oh, I said, well, why are you going all the way out there? He's like, oh, I need a vacation. I said, and I was a little mean. Okay, yes, I get stupid sometimes. I was a little mean. I said, a vacation from what? (laughs) You know, he's like, oh, I just need a vacation from where I live. And I was like, all right, whatever. And as we're talking, very distinctly, very distinctly, the Lord told me, I'm not sending him on this vacation. He doesn't have the money for it. Uh, the, the place he's going is not even available to him. This is going to cause him a lot of trouble if he goes. And so I began to say, I don't think the Lord's telling you to go on this vacation. Oh, no, I think he is. No. I said, have you prayed about this? Oh, yes, I've prayed about this. Well, what the Lord say? Well, you know, I I feel it's okay to go. No, 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 no. What did the Lord say? Never in that conversation did he ever say to me, the Lord told me X, Y, and Z. No, it was more of a general feeling. Well, what was that general feeling? That general feeling is what I want to do. I have the general and sometimes very specific feeling of, I want a vacation that I can't afford. (laughs) So what happened with this man was, he went out to wherever he was going, and uh, he had all kinds of trouble. The poor guy, man. He he didn't even have a way back home. He, could, he didn't have enough money to get home. Some, I think, one of his family members had to wire him some money just to get home. He came back home. He "You know, we had testimony service one Sunday, and he stood up and, you know, real edifying testimony. He stood up and said, oh, thank thank God that I'm back home. I just had the vacation from hell. You know.'" Real edifying, right, you know? Thanks for encouraging all of our hearts. But uh, he he proceeded to tell us all about the ills and the awful. And finally, I had to stop him. Literally, I had to stop him. Right in church, brother, please stop. Uh, You know, this is testimony service. If you've got a praise report somewhere in here, please tell it. Oh, well, I just thank God I'm back. Okay, good enough. Sit sit down, you know? (laughs) Well, then afterwards, the Lord kind of, it just kind of dawned on me. Uh, The Lord showed me, you ever notice when people hear something from God that they're excited? (whasy) God told me, and, you know, have you ever had someone come up to you with this huge revelation that God showed them? And you're kind of sitting there trying to be nice to them going, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I already knew that. Uh-huh. Yeah, got you. That five years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. But but you're trying to at the same time be very encouraging. Anybody ever been in that situation where you're trying to be very encouraging and polite and say, "Well, that's great, that's wonderful." Well, pastors get to handle that all the time. You know, people that have come up and say, "Oh, I had a vision," or "I had a dream," or "I was reading the scripture yesterday and the Lord just told me this great revelation," and I'm like. <clears throat> You mean the same scripture we read last Sunday and the same thing I preached uh, you know, for three weeks running? <coughs> it's alright. Mm-hmm. The Lord had to teach me. It's okay as long as they get it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Or when you preach the same thing week after week after week for three months then a visiting evangelist comes by preaches one message and everybody gets the thing that you've been preaching for three months. Sure. Sure. And the Lord had to tell me it's okay as long as they got it. You were just laying down the foundation Laying it down, laying it down, clearing the rocks away, you know, just uh, digging it up. And, and finally, uh, the, the big flash in the pan comes along and with his, you know, wonderful preaching skills that poor pastor doesn't have. Uh, and he just drops it in our laps. And, it, and it's a precise, you know, 35 minutes.
1: <laughs> and everybody
2: is changed and glorified and going out saying, oh, so-and-so is the best thing since sliced bread. And pastors over there going, all right, fine, good. At least my kids got it. All right? Well, that's kind of how Joseph was. You know, when you hear from God, you get excited. You get excited. So when I asked that brother, this is what Don me. When I asked that brother, what did God tell you? I now know God told him nothing, or he didn't hear what God was saying, or he didn't like what God was saying, therefore, didn't have anything from God. Because if he had had God telling him, yes, my son, go, then he would have said, I was reading the Bible, or I was in prayer, or I had a dream, and God told me to go on vacation. Right? Everybody with me? Yes. That's what he would have done. But when you talk to someone, what the Lord say to you, and they say, God ain't talking to them. Mm -hmm. Now, is that me being mean? No, that's just me being realistic with you.
1: God didn't talk
2: to him. Otherwise, if God had showed you that level of revelation, we would be excited. Amen. Especially if it lines up with our own desires. Amen. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Amen. Psalm 37 4, right? Amen. But that doesn't mean if you praise God enough, God will do everything you already wanted. Amen. No, it means if you praise God enough, you start wanting what he wants. Right. And he'll never withhold what he wants. Right. I don't really like it that way well get used to liking it that way because God's way is a lot better (laughs) anyway so you got this young guy got an awesome gift I've taken a long time to set up an idea here that we really already know the story of Uh, he's got this awesome gift he's having these dreams he's having understandings and then he gets to the place where he starts talking about things that eh, at, at least allude to but I think very 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 clearly allude to the fact that his brothers, even his mom and dad, are going to bow down to him. And they didn't like it. This is my suspicion, this is my theory, that David probably, uh, David, (laughs) Joseph, thank you. Thank you, brother David. Uh, uh, Joseph, probably this was not the only two dreams he had. Everybody with me? Okay. Some of you are not with me, that's all right. Hopefully you'll get the recording. Lord help us. I don't believe these are the only two uh, dreams listed in this book. I don't think mm-hmm. these are the only two he ever had. I think he was, and they were very used to this little snot, always saying, oh, I had another dream. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a dream that God said that lost lamb was down by the such and such and so and so And they went down there and there it was. Instead of being happy about it, yeah, that little snot, you know, he's writing it. You know, well, he's coming along after he's tried to find his brothers for a long time. I won't go into the whole detail, but they saw him coming one day when they were way out in Timbuktu somewhere uh, watching the flocks. They said, oh, here comes that dreamer. They didn't say, here comes our brother. They didn't say, here comes that little snot. They didn't say, here comes daddy's favorite. Uh, they didn't say, Here comes that little brat. They specifically attacked his ministry.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They specifically attacked his destiny. Mm-hmm. His God given office of a prophet, a visionary.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: See, this this is what the devil does. Mm-hmm. The devil will go right after the authority. He'll go right after the ministry. He'll go right after the calling. He always does it. If you are the son of God, then you should be able to do this. Right. It's the devil attacking the very sovereignty of God. Mm. And he's just insidious presumptuous. and bold enough to do it every time. Now, were the other fellows the sons of Jacob? Sure. Were they God's kids? Sure. Were they going to be the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel one day? Sure. Yes, all that's true. And yet the devil was using God's kids, Jacob's kids, to attack a particular ministry. Yes, I'm not saying everything Joseph was doing was fine. It's, he was probably younger than the rest of them except for Benjamin. So he, he might not have known as much and maybe he had a little bit of favoritism, you know, entitlement. You know what I'm saying? When, when people get all the, the benefits, it doesn't make them humble for some reason. Right? Yeah. It, it makes them think that they absolutely deserve it. In fact, they, they deserve to have more than everybody else. And, it, you know, it's, it's funny. You heap, you heap stuff on people, and it never... That, that method, that, and I'm not speaking against certain political arenas. I'm just saying that that level of liberalism never makes people appreciative. You just pour on people, pour on people, pour on people. All it does is give them this entitled spirit of, yes, and I deserve even more than this. Mm-hmm. You've already given me so much, but it's not enough. Well, Joseph was probably dealing with a little bit of this. And so, when he comes along, they said, oh, here comes that dreamer. Verse 18 says, and when they saw him afar off, before he came near them, they conspired, To slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. They didn't acknowledge him as a brother. They didn't acknowledge him as their father's son. They didn't acknowledge him as anything other than, Here's a guy coming with a ministry, And we don't want his ministry. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And if you think I'm referencing myself in this, I'm not. I don't think anybody here is ready to throw me into a pit. Okay, so this is not about the message Or the messenger. This is about how we are dealing with situations. This is how we deal with going forward and what we're doing. Okay? Everybody okay so far? Praise God. Can you hang out for another hour? All right. Praise God. Verse 20 Come now, therefore, let us slay him and cast him into some pit, and we will say some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his people. Dreams. Now, I don't think I have to really point out, I'm going to do it anyway, but I don't think I really have to point out the, just the, the deep levels of dysfunctionality going on here. Let's kill him.
1: Hmm.
2: Why, why is that the go to choice? You know, Cain didn't like Abel, Abel was the favored son. Cain was the oldest, so he should have been the favored son, but God didn't have respect to his offer because Cain was a bonehead and didn't do what God told him to do. Alright, sorry. I, I, let's just X out the bonehead part. All right. All right. But Cain didn't do what God told him to do. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. And so Abel did, and so Abel got the favor of God, mm-hmm. and uh, a very overt, noticeable favor of God, by the way. Something that all parties involved said, "Cable, uh, cable, <laughs> Abel got the uh, got the uh, the approval of God." Uh-huh. You know, there's there's this thing that that really confuses a lot of us until the Lord will give us revelation. Maybe some of you will get the revelation of this today if you don't already have it. But just because God doesn't approve of everything you do, does not mean He doesn't love you. Right. Right. And just because God loves you does not mean he's going to approve of everything you do or everything you are. Right. We, we, we can learn that even if we have a dog. Right. Your dog doesn't do everything you want it to do. And sometimes you have to take the newspaper out and give them a good swat every once in a while, right? Oh, sorry, I'm talking to New England or so. We don't do that up in New England. We, no, I, I grew up in the south where they spank kids. And we spank dogs too. And <laughs> So we roll up that newspaper, swat that dog when it didn't do something right. But hey, doesn't mean you don't love your dog. Right. And it's just a dog. Right. Come on, we, we know that dog's not going to die and go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <coughs> we, we know that dog doesn't have an eternal soul like we do. But it doesn't mean we love it any less. Right. We love our pets. Yeah. If you're a cat person, you love that cat. Yeah, so somebody don't like cats. I, I like cats. That's fine. That's fine. You know, we'll uh, we'll duke it out later. No, no, I like dogs and cats both. I like them both. But uh, but yeah, if, if you're a cat person, you love that cat. Dog people can't understand cat people, and cat people can't understand. But that's all right. That's why I'm moderate. I stand right in the middle. I love everybody. Except for fish. Oh, no. Anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> So you, you love you, you love that pet because it, it interacts with you. You know, even that cat will come by and, and rub its face all over your leg, right before it scratches you. But it, still, you know, it, it'll jump up on your chest when you're trying to sleep, and it'll go, and it's annoying, and at the same time, you're like, oh, it's so cute, you know. And, and yet, yeah, you don't have any compunction. At least I don't have any compunction. I guess. Looking that cat on the nose if he gets in my business. That's right. He tries to jump up on the table while I'm eating my supper. He gets a swat and he flies across the room. Right. You're an animal abuser. Call Peter. <laughs> no, listen, come on. We know how it works. We know how it works just, just because they, we don't approve everything they do. don't mean, we, right. we don't know. Yeah. Right. So Cain, though, didn't understand that. Didn't have that revelation. That's why it's so important to get revelations like that. Because otherwise you might want to kill your brother mm-hmm. who God does approve of. Yeah. At least in that situation. That's the go-to response that people when people do not understand they have a God that loves them. Mm-hmm. Well, he loves him better, so I'm going to kill him. Oh, how are you going to get the favor of God if you kill his favorite son? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, that, that emotional it just it just defies all logic, doesn't it? That's that's the reason why we shouldn't give into emotions, but we really shouldn't give into so-called human wisdom either. Mm-hmm. That's right. Don't trust in common sense because sense ain't all that common. Okay, mm-hmm. let's move on. Mm-hmm. Let's slay him. Let's cast him into some pit, and we will say, in other words, we've already decided in a split second. He's not even here yet. We've just decided in just a couple of minutes of a conference here. We've decided we're going to kill him. And we're gonna lie about it, we're gonna cover it up. Well, who who do they have to cover it up to? They were kind of a law unto themselves. They were nomadic moving around. Well, they had to cover it up with their dad. They felt it important enough. They felt it important enough to lie to their dad who they knew this was the favorite son. Isn't that amazing? We'll get more favor with dad, or at least more of this favor will be spread out among us because this glory hog is sucking it all up. Let's kill him. And in those days, they could actually get away with stuff like that. They didn't have the uh, CSI teams that we have today. Anyway, moving on. Reuben. This is the same Reuben that messed up pretty bad. Okay. He defiled his own father's bed. Reuben was probably trying to get back into the good graces of his dad. He probably didn't like Joseph any more than the other guys did, but he said, hey, 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 okay, I'm a little older than you guys, a little smarter. Let's not kill him. Let's just do this. And then later on, you know, maybe we could do something else. Uh, When Reuben heard, he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. See, this was his plan in order to deliver him to his father again. In other words, Reuben's got this idea. No, 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 let's not kill him. Now, Reuben, see the, the all the other eleven boys. Well, I don't know if Benjamin was there, but at least ten of those boys were all together going. <laughs> let's kill him. And then Reuben's like, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I see opportunity. Let's not kill him. Let's just put him in a pit so that we don't shed any blood. You know. And then Reuben's like, Yeah, I'll sneak around behind later later tonight and. uh and I'll take them out and I'll say, hey, dad, all oh, these church tried to kill your favorite son. Can I be your favorite now? Mm-hmm. Come on, don't think people don't do that. They do it. Mm-hmm, right. We're seeing it right in the Bible. Well, I can imagine Reuben is sitting there going, okay, fellas, we got it all worked out. Oh, I'm just going to go down here and get myself a sandwich at the local deli, which they probably didn't have in those days. But anyway, for the sake of dramatics. <laughs> Come on. Okay, well, we'll see you later. He comes back a little later. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Joseph's gone. My opportunities to get back into my Father's good graces are gone. There came to pass in verse 23. When Joseph was coming to his brother, and they uh, stripped Joseph of his coat. Ah, because that was the symbol of his office, really. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think it was a prophet's coat, but it was the symbol of the favored son. It was, you know, I... No, this is this is all conjecture. So you can throw the the next five minutes away, okay, if you want to. But listen to me before you throw it away. All right, it's it's at least uh, for not foreseeable, but it's at least uh, a, a little itch in my brain that Joseph, uh, Jacob, rather uh, having Joseph as a favorite son, the son of his now deceased wife. Okay. So that, that just endeared his two youngest boys even more so to him, or at least the sons of, uh, of Rachel. I don't know if some of the other ones might have been younger through the other guys. But anyway, everybody with me? Okay, I'm try, trying to get bogged down in details. But anyway, these two boys of oh, Rachel, their mom's dead. The other three uh, moms are still alive. His favorite wife is gone. And I believe that it just endeared him even more to these boys and I think he probably would have poured more into him. We already see his coat is given to him, right? And it could be that Jacob... Remember, this is the same Jacob that was uh, laying his head on a pillow out at Bethel, the house of God, which had not yet been named the house of God. When he saw the heavens open, he saw that there was one standing at the top of this portal, this stargate, this angel gate, whatever it was, a gate to heaven... He saw this and there was some sort of a stairway. There's a, a ladder, a, a conveyance. Nobody really knows what it is. Because the words in Hebrew don't give us enough detail. To, to understand what exactly Jacob was saying. But what he was seeing was. There was a realm other than our realm. Right. And he was experiencing it. He could see it maybe from a distance. But he also saw the fact that there was a conveyance. In other words, there was a method by which. We down here can get up to there. Oh
1: Amen.
2: We can intersect with the Almighty God. We can literally move out of this realm. This is not just deadlocked. We're not just bound gravitationally to this plane of existence. We actually have the access to move into something greater, Amen. something higher. Amen. Amen. And he saw the proof of it in front of his eyes. He saw angels ascending. And descending. and at the top of this conveyance. He saw the mighty God. Mm, so there's yeah. lots of things going on. In what some people would call a simple vision. There's so many things going on there. He's understanding that this is not a demonic portal. Right. This is not. We, we were talking about this the other day. This is not an acid trip. Right? right? right. This is not astral projection. Okay, this is, this is not some freakish technology, mm-hmm. okay? No, this is mm-hmm. the living God. Something mm-hmm. about, about what he was seeing there, let him know, mm-hmm. this is the Lord God of all glory, creator of heaven and earth.
1: Amen. Mm-hmm. And we
2: have no record to know that he had ever seen this creator God before. But he saw him that day. He knew it assuredly enough that he named the very place that he got this vision, he named it Bethel,
1: Amen.
2: the house of God. Amen. He named it the house of God because he said, This is a place where God will at least temporarily live on the earth. Uh-huh. That's a pretty important title that he gave to that place, a namesake that he gave to that place. Uh-huh. I can imagine Jacob having moved in a similar vein as his own son Joseph would have recognized at a young age ah, he's got one of those callings too where he can see potential where other guys might not be able to see. So I can imagine Jacob taking Joseph aside and saying son, let me tell you a time where I was going out to a foreign land to meet my wife, your mom and your aunt Leah and the other two girls. <laughs> what, what are the name? Billa and Zilla? Was well, something like that. Anyway, um, all your, uh, all your other moms. <laughs> I was going out there to meet your uncle your Liv, and great uncle Laban, and on the way out there, right, right around this spot right here, because I, I can imagine that while they were in their nomadic travels, they would have come by Bethel every once in a while. He could have brought him over his side and said, son, you know, the Lord showed me in one day, in the in the not so distant future, that there's going to be a tent that's going to be erected right at this spot. Mm-hmm. And this is where people are going to intersect God like I did. Mm-hmm. I think he could see beyond the space and time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think he Took Joseph under his arm. Now I know this is all conjecture. It really is. I'm just putting on a a dramatic show here. But I think the Lord wants me to do it. Uh, He he says there's going to come a day where they're going to make a tent. And it's going to have a place to to make our sacrifices. And it's going to have a place so that we can wash off the filth off of ourselves. And it's going to be a place where we can communicate with God. And in a sense we can have a portable portal to heaven where God Almighty will rest his presence day in, day out. They're going to see a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And this spot right here where I saw the heavens open, they're going to put this tent up in one of these days. He might have have also been able to tell them, you know, in many years after that, Some fool's going to come along and put a golden calf at the same spot. I don't know if he would have known these things. I don't know if he would have told him these things. But I think he would have been able to train Joseph in his dreams and visions. Mm. Because Jacob, I think, would have been able to recognize something special about this boy. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: We don't hear about Judah, the great king. We don't hear about him getting visions. We don't hear Levi, the priest. We don't hear about him getting any great understandings of prophetic words. In fact, he takes a sword and kills a whole town of men. That's how much he knew. But Joseph, something special about this kid, Joseph. So here, here's a coat. It could have been a priestly garment. It could have been an early form of an ephod. We don't know. But there was something special about it. So they said, we're going to take his coat. And now let's see what's going to happen to this dreamer. You know, in, in effect, I think these boys were kind of prophesying because they were challenging God. They understood our father's a great man. They understood Joseph has supernatural ta- uh, talents and giftings and callings. And yet their earthly choice was let's kill him and see what can happen of his dreams then. Right? Right? Mm. came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brother they stripped Joseph of his coat his coat of many colors that was on him and they took him they cast him into a pit, the pit was empty there was no water in it this was a cistern a mm-hmm. uh, cistern could be either man made or they could take a natural den, it was a place that didn't have a natural flowing water source coming into it but what they would do is either through ducts or aqueducts or, or just irrigation systems or whatever, they would fill these places up out in the desert uh, in order so that when they brought their flocks by, they would have a little water to feed their flocks in a dry land, alright? Mm-hmm. Right. But it wasn't a well, it was different than a well. I, we, we could go over a lesson about the differences between wells and cisterns and springs and rivers and all that wonderful stuff, and, and that, that's a good one, that's a good one. But the but Lord's got something else for us today, okay? Yeah. He's thrown down in this place now If we look at the the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, in fact, it it might be good for us just to look there. Ecclesiastes, this is Solomon talking about some things uh, in a very poetic way. And uh, Hebrew poetry is sometimes very hard to decipher. I think the translators did a pretty good job. But they left it in poetic form. In verse number 6, it says, Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken. Or the pitcher broken at the fountain. Or the wheel broken at the cistern. Some people think that silver cord is very possibly the spinal cord itself. And the golden bowl is the, the bowl of your your skull. Because they actually do have different colors. Your, your spinal cord does have a silver look to it, whereas your skull has more of a golden look to it. Mm-hmm. The other part, they are really talking about the function of the heart. <laughs> Solomon's saying, Young young people, before you get old, learn how to serve God. Before your legs get weak and you lose your hair and you lose your, your teeth and you can't sleep anymore and everything bugs you and you're just weak and you, you mumble because you you can't talk the strong. Before all these signs of age, and they're all they're all listed poetically, right? While the sun and the light of the moon or the stars be not darkened or the clouds return after the rain. And the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few. And those that look out of the windows be darkened. We're, we're just talking the grinders of the teeth. The strong men are the legs of the back. Okay. Uh, the ones that look out of the windows, those are the eyes. Come on. He's, he's talking about the human body failing. Yeah. The whole passage is about the, the a po- a very poetic way of talking about how the human body will fail, but he gets down to this part, or oh, the pitcher be broken at the fountain, and the wheel broken at the cistern before your heart gives out. And this is a symbol, this cistern was a symbol if it was empty, it was, a, it was a broken cistern because the water had either dried up or leaked out. It wasn't serving its function. And so they used this broken cistern to put their, their brother in it. Right? And that cistern is, is an example of the, of the condition of a human heart. And in this case, because it's dry, it's got no water in it. This is what it says. It's got no water. It was empty. There's no water in it. That means it's broken. It's not serving its function. They're not serving their function. Their hearts are are broken but in the wrong way. All their compassion is leaked out. All the usefulness of their heart is leaked out. So that they they take their brother that they should love, and they take a ministry that should be benefiting the whole house. And they try to crucify it.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: They sat down to eat and they lifted up their eyes and looked behold a company of Ishmaelites. And this is this is interesting because Ishmaelites and Midianites seem to be interchangeable here. They're both sons of Abraham. Ishmael was the oldest son of Abraham. Midian was a uh, son of Abraham by Keturah. And it could be that they are, all these peoples just kind of melded together. If, if you read it in some ways, it sounds like this. If you read it in other ways, it sounds like that. It gets a little confusing as to actually what happened there, but either way, money changed hands. Twenty shekels of silver changed hands, and Joseph was now in the in the care of somebody else and they ended up selling him into Egypt he was gotten out of their lives come on we know the story we know that he went to the house we know that he was risen all the way up to the chief servant why? he had no choice because God's hand was on him but an evil Jezebel got in there and that he tried to kill his ministry again so instead of getting killed somehow it got worked out again he was under the sentence of death at the pit but somehow it worked out he didn't die He was under the sentence of death at Potiphar's house. Somehow, it worked out he didn't die. He was under a sentence of death in that prison because he was just going to rot away in that place. But somehow, it took a few years, but somehow he got out of that prison. And then, because he went to Pharaoh's house, when he was living in his dad's house, he rose to the top as the favorite son. When he went to Potiphar's house, he rose to the top, at least of his strata of servants, Right? When he was in the prison, he rose to the top as right under the keeper of the jail, right? Mm-hmm. So guess what's going to happen? When he gets into Pharaoh's house, he's got no choice but to rise all the way up to the top. Mm-hmm. You see the pattern that just unfolds in Jacob's, uh, Joseph's life. He is the favored son right under his father. He's the second in line, if you will. Everybody okay? Mm-hmm. Jacob was, uh, Joseph was the one who got the double blessing. See, the oldest son was always supposed to get the double portion, right? Right. The oldest son was always supposed to inherit the the priestly function of the family. Mm -hmm. But more than that, the oldest son had the birthright. He was going to be the patriarch after his father died. That was always going to go to the oldest son. Mm -hmm. That was the plan. That was the idea. And yet, because Reuben really messed up bad, he literally defied his father's bed. And we see this right in uh, chapter 49 where uh, Jacob says to his son, you are as unstable as water. Unstable as water in a broken cistern. It just can't stay. It just leaks out. That's how unstable you are. You're useful for nothing. You've got my strength. You're the excellency of my power, but you're unstable as water. It just all flows out to it reaches its level." And usually at that time it's useless. Hmm. You're done, Reuben. The priesthood goes to Levi. The kingly line goes to Judah. But the double portion that goes to my, the firstborn of Rachel. He's still going to be. He's still the firstborn. He just happens to be the firstborn of Rachel. He's going to get the double hmm. portion. Jacob had it, that double portion. He was a father's favorite. Hmm. But his ministry rose him to the top of his house. He had the coat. He had the gift. He had the approval. But he had the sentence of death. Come on, we're going somewhere here. I know it's getting late, and I've been preaching for a long time. Joseph, the favored son. Hey, it's not always great to be the favored son, because the favored son always has a sense of death upon him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son the favored son always has the sense of death and I think sometimes we know this instinctively and so we would rather kill the favored son than be the favored son and the Lord is just simply saying we're moving into areas of the kingdom of God where it behooveth you to be about your father's business it's going to be better in the long run if you become the favored son Come on, you're going to get a coat. You're going to get your father's approval. Your brothers and sisters, even in Christ, may hate you, may want to kill you. You will have a sentence of death upon you. But everywhere you go, you're going to rise right up to the top. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a servant. Jacob had all the authority, Potiphar's house. Who, Who was the only person that had more authority than him? Potiphar. Well, Jacob was in the jail. Who was the only person that had more authority than him? The jailer. When he was in Pharaoh's house, who was the only person in the entire greatest nation on the planet in those days who was powerful than him, more powerful than him? That was Pharaoh himself. Yep. Isn't it amazing how that calling always rises in... It's like a cork sitting on the water, right? Mm-hmm. It always rises to the top. Yeah. Someone's always going to try to drag you down, but you always rise to the top. Come on, there's a special position for the people of God. The people of God who will become dreamers. Someone's going to make fun of your dreams. Someone's going to try to kill you because of your dreams. Someone's going to make fun of you or hate you because of your coat. Come on, someone stand with me today. But it's better to be the favored son. God has got us going places. Yes.
0: Amen.
2: And he, he needs a favored son. You know, we can, we can think that, well, Jacob was not too wise because he shouldn't have made a favorite out of his son. But it, it could be that his son Joseph was the one that looked most like him. Or his son Joseph well, had the gifts and calling that were more, most similar to his. He had to rebuke Levi and Simeon. His oldest son, he failed. His next two oldest sons, they failed. Notice how Judah became a ringleader too. And said, let's sell him. All, all four of his oldest sons, man, they, they just missed the boat here. And yet, Levi became the priest. Judah became the king. But something about that double portion That people just hate. That approval of God. Come on, who? Even after all of this, who wants the approval of God? Come on, this is your opportunity to say, Lord God, I'm going to wear the coat. I'm going to operate the ministry. I'm going to be the favored son. Even if everybody in this world hates me, even if my own family hates me, even if my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ hate me, I'm going to wear the coat and I'm going to be the favored son because I'm going to be a visionary. I'm going to be a dreamer. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Come on, God will give you the wisdom as to when to say what He says. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about being put in a pit. Someone's going to try it. Don't worry about getting sold into slavery. Someone's going to try it. Don't worry about getting thrown into jail. It might happen, but don't you worry about it. God's going to rise you to the top until you're in the King's house.
4: Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise God. Let's reach out to the living God. We are... Slated to be the favored son. Hallelujah, Lord God.
4: I might not be the biggest. I might not be
2: the oldest. I might not be the smartest. I might not be the richest. But Lord God, I want you. And I might want you more than anybody else. So Lord God, if that puts a sentence of death upon me, so be it. Praise you, Jesus. you, so Lord oh God. I'll take the sentence of death. You have the sentence of death. Let me take up my cross and follow you.
4: Praise you. Jesus. Hallelujah.
2: Oh, Lord God, if that's what it takes, if it, ke- if it takes keep coming right to the, the, the gates of hell, then, Lord God, that's what it takes. Lord God, if it keeps coming under that that, that headman's axe, Lord God, then that's what it takes. If that sword of damn please, has to hang over my head the rest of my life, then that's the way it will be as long as I can maintain Praise the you, Jesus. visions and revelations and dreams that will pass down to me from the living God. Lord God, I want to I have a Bethel experience. Lord God, I want to have a new dream. I want to have a new hope. Lord God, I want to have a new level of ministry, oh God. Hallelujah. Come on, can somebody just cry out to God? You can, you can pray or you can praise or you can kneel or you can lay, whatever you want to do, but let's take a few minutes at least and just call out to God, Lord, I want to be a favorite son. I want to be... A favored son, Lord God, whatever that coat of many colors was, Lord God, can you have one for me? Lord God, do you have one for me, oh God? Oh, Lord God, do you have an office for me? Lord God, do you have a garment for me? Do you have an ephod for me? Lord God, do you have a vision for me? Do you have a revelation for me, oh God? Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
2: Lord God I understand by the stories that you've laid out for me I understand Lord God it's not an enviable position from the eyes of the flesh but Lord God I want it anyway because I choose to see it from the eyes of the spirit from the eyes of the almighty God Hallelujah! Hallelujah Hallelujah
1: Lord
2: God I choose you rather than fame Lord God I choose you rather than riches I choose You rather than man's approval. Lord God, I choose You. Hallelujah, Lord God, over comforts and over pleasures for a
1: season.
2: Hallelujah, Lord God. Oh, I choose You above all else. Let it be so. Let it happen in my life. Lord God, I know these things don't happen overnight, but Lord God, let me take my first steps now. Hallelujah, Lord God, let me get on the path of prayer and fasting and if need be, privation. Oh, Lord God, but let me get, get on the path of spiritual revelation, spiritual wealth and riches, spiritual prosperity of knowing who I am in You. Thank You, Jesus. And Lord God, understanding the greater Word of God. Lord God, I don't want to just get the dream. I want to get the interpretation. Lord God, I don't want to just see the metaphor. Lord God, I want to understand the metaphor. Lord God, I, want Lord God, I don't want to be the one That You speak dark sayings too. Lord God, I'd rather be like a Moses. That You speak to me face to face. Lord God, that You give me the unadulterated truth. Lord God, You mature me. Grow me up. Grow me up to the place where it won't fry me to get the Word of God in an unadulterated form. Hallelujah, Lord God. In the meantime, put me in the cleft of the rock, but show me Your glory. Lord God, in the meantime, let me lay my head down on a stone. But open up the heavens to show me there's something greater than this life. There's a greater destiny. Oh, Lord God, than what the world has prescribed for me. Oh, Lord God, I want you and nothing else. I want you and nothing greater. Hallelujah, because there is nothing greater. Lord God, I want your word. Hallelujah, which calls those things which are not as though they were. Lord God, I need your spirit. Oh, Lord God, that will move into the places of vacuum. Hallelujah, Lord God, that will take me to the places that it's needed. Hallelujah, that that spirit, that wind, that rain will move into the dry and empty places. Hallelujah, heal up those old broken cisterns. Hallelujah, Lord God, help me not to be earth a representation of someone's broken heart where everything's just leaking out all over the ground, but let me be filled up like the wells of salvation. Let me be a spring for you, Lord God, springing up with new joy. Lord God, let the Holy Ghost inside of me be like rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Coming up from my inmost being. Hallelujah. And watering the land all around where I am, Lord God, and where you've set my feet. Hallelujah, Lord God. I love you. Lord God, we're asking you, I'm asking you, make me like a Joseph. Give me vision. Make me a visionary.
1: Lord God, let me be a leader
2: no matter where I am, even if I have to be a leader of a jail. Lord God, let me be a leader there, even if I have to be the head servant, until you've got something better for me. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God, help me to rise to the top in every situation. That I find myself in. Because I take heed according to thy word. Hallelujah. Because I observe to do according to all that is written therein. Hallelujah Lord God. Because I'm not afraid of the gift and the calling. Which are without repentance Lord Jesus. So help me to be called and chosen and faithful until the day of Jesus Christ. Knowing that he which began a good work in me will complete until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, that you will perform it. Oh, Lord God, that you will work in me both to will and to do of your good pleasure, oh God, that you would make me your chief workmanship, not for pride and not for fame and not for notoriety, but Lord God, in order to give you glory, in order to give you honor, in order to give you praise, in order to shine your light, Lord God, to a dark and dying world, oh God. God. I praise you, Lord God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
1: Jesus.